So welcome to this week's uh, Sports Girls Camogie Podcast. Uh, delighted to have in, uh, with us today Fiona Hickey, uh, captain the Limerick uh, Intermediate Team to an All Ireland in 2014. Since then retired, uh, and also uh, the main man at the moment with Camogie with Sports Talk, uh, Adrian O'Sullivan. You're very welcome to the show, guys. Thank you very much, Dan. So I'll just go through the winners of uh, this weekend's Camogie classes: Kilkenny, Galway, Tip, and Cork. And Dublin and Clare played out with draw. I suppose the big talking point, Sully, you were at the uh, the Ida Storm there, was the water for players statement uh, that came out late last week. Yeah, I suppose we called it groundbreaking. I suppose when we broke the uh, broke the news of what had happened, uh, I suppose to hold my hands up and say I haven't had much uh, interaction with Camogie for the last couple of years until uh, I got involved with the Ashburn UL this year. So I suppose it's kind of following the UL players that have kind of well, got the eye back in the Camogie this year. So I don't know whether the stuff that's happened Walter this year has been the norm for the past couple of years and that they're just the first team to put their hands up and say, hold on a sec, this just isn't good enough. Um, or whether this has just been going on all along and look, every county is thinking the same and they're just the first ones that have done it. You know, um, like talking to Don there during the week when they're preparing their statements and things like that. And like the stuff that's been going on this year, they played a Munster Championship match where the referee turned up with no umpires, no linesmen, senior championship. Uh, their game against Tip was called off because there was no ambulance in the ground. Uh, there was an injury to a Tipperary player and the delay was so long getting an ambulance there that they called off the game. Uh, they found out on Tuesday on social media that their game has been changed from Saturday to Sunday. Uh, and I suppose the... The worst thing about that is that it's actually within the Camogie rules that you can change a senior championship game with five days' notice. And look, that's that's a rule from the 1960s when teams used to just meet on a Thursday night and pick a team and come uh-huh. up and play. You know, it's like just there's so much gone into no professionalism. And like I really feel sorry for Trish Jackman because she's over and back yeah. in the UK. Um, you know, a class player. Like what a commitment to be given. She's lecturing over in Lincoln University. Had her flight booked home for Sunday morning to be back to work on Monday and game changed last minute and couldn't play and didn't get to play against Cork today, against the other champions, the games you really want to play. And it's just it's just not good enough, Tom, to us. Look, Charlie, you, you probably have more of an insight into me than fairness to be involved longer. You're probably just thinking it's probably run of the middle. Uh, this is <laughs> stuff going on, so I don't know what your thoughts on it are. I don't know, it's stuff. actually funny. It's the more... Um... As I said, it's the first year that I haven't been playing in about 10 years. So, like, after stepping away from it, you wouldn't actually notice any of this stuff when you're in it. So I, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a bad thing. And is that just girls accepting this while you're playing because you're just focused on the end goal, which is, you know, hopefully for any county that's involved in senior camogie is the Ojopi Cup. But this is the first year that it's really got my blood boiling. Sully, I was interacting with you a bit on Twitter during the yeah. week. I just, I just can't. I can't fathom it, like, and I don't know how it never affected me before. I suppose you're just, again, you're just so involved in your county. You're giving everything to your county. And, um, like, you were talking about Trish Jackman there, like, what an immeasurable asset to any team. And she, it was funny, herself and Anya Ling, I, I played a bit of Aston with Anya back in the day, but the two girls have been over in England. Yeah, as you said, Trish is in Lincoln, um, and she is um, lecturing over there. And Anya Ling, I'm not sure, I think she was in Liverpool for a while, but there were two girls, I suppose we've had two cl- or many classes with Waterford between intermediate and senior over the last few years. And there were two girls I'd always open, you know, look for on Twitter at the start of the year, are they playing this year? Are they playing this year? You know, mm-hmm. because you, they're, they're such good assets to any team. And I think it's a it's a credit to the Waterford setup at the moment that Trish and Anya have both committed for this year. Now they've great success already with Skull here at the start of the year as well. And they're in the club, intermediate All-Ireland final. But, um, the commitment has gone so unrewarded after this weekend. You know, mm-hmm. for, I was watching it there on Twitter. I was watching the golf, obviously, and then I was following the camogie on Twitter. And Tomat uh, uh, McCarthy there was um, tweeting from the match, and he was like a Wexford um, independent sports journalist. And I saw like Trish Jackman liking the tweets, you know, from obviously yeah, over. It's just wrong, isn't it? It's so wrong. So wrong. It's, it seems to be that it's the actual association itself that is hurting and shooting themselves yeah. in the foot, especially when you're into the 2020 campaign and all these big sponsors coming in. And they're looking yeah. at this and going, well, you're not you're not getting your house in order properly, so why should we give you a little bit extra coverage in that? 
Yeah, but yeah. They, they, I suppose what happened this week was that the the Camogie game in fairness has been fixed since January and it's probably the first year where they've stuck fairly rigidly to the fixtures. But obviously the MGFA had a deal with TG Cahar to show mm-hmm. uh, live games on Saturdays and they wanted the court game on Saturday at 4 o'clock. But the problem is that the Camogie Association changed the game to suit Cork without any thought of the consequences it would have on the opposition team. So <laughs> it's just completely, ah, it's just mad. It's like throwing. It's hard to blame the LGFA because I suppose we're giving out about Camogie not getting enough coverage. And here you have a television deal. And look, once you sign a media contract, you're, you're at, the, at the whim of the, of, the, of the company or the production company or whatever it is. So it's hard to blame them. But I just really don't understand the length of the year. Like a lot of those teams haven't played since like the league finished for a lot of those teams at the end of February. They might have had one provincial game and then you're cramming the championship into six weeks. It's like, why not just spread it out, sit down to start the year at the NGFA, go every second weekend. There's a long enough year there to go. It's just... I don't know. Could the girls... Why did the fixture have to be changed? I, I don't know. I, like Obviously, it's important that the girls shouldn't suffer here because they're Hannah Looney and Libby Coppinger and stuff. They're, they're so dedicated to their sports. But mm-hmm. like... When a team is already qualified, especially, why go, like, upsetting Waterford? Yeah. Also, I don't know. They're the high-profile the high examples. Like, like Megan Tyne played for Mead in the Camogie yesterday, an hour okay. and a half after she finished playing for Mead in the football. Like, literally 90 minutes after the final. You don't hear you don't about it. You know, Cueva McGrath was playing both for Waterford and ended up having to go up to the north yesterday to play football and come back down today and play the season. It's, ah, look, I suppose... Mm-hmm. Maybe the day the jewel player is gone, like it's a, it's an absolute shame. We remember saying at the awards night this year in UL, we had five players who won the O'Connor and the Ashburn, and but wow. they're a dying breed. Like it's hard to see how they'll keep going. Um, it is. purely from an administrative point of view, like physically, games doesn't really wreck you. Like it's it's overtraining, it's, it's training loads. You get away with playing games as long as you manage your recovery properly. But mm-hmm. it just seems from a logistics point of view that look the jewel players going to die, and it's a crying shame because. Like the Hannah Looney, Libby Coppinger, but Limerick, Rebecca Delaney, Brian Ocean Ambrose, Megan Toy and Mead, all these players, Cueva McGrath in Walters, all incredible athletes, really leaders as well. And it'd be such a shame if one of the sports had to miss out on having people like those involved in their setups. So. And on that note, I know that Rebecca Delaney did not travel up to play that match in the North today. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, two of the girls did, but Rebecca just was finding things very, very difficult to keep all everything juggling. And she was one of your five players who won both an O'Connor mm-hmm. Cup and an Ashburn Cup as well. So it kind of, um, yeah, maybe uh, taking the toll on her now, you know. Yeah, that has to, you know, it's tough going. But, uh, yeah. And just on your your <laughs> retirement, Fiona, uh, how are you? How is? <laughs> I know you probably get the, the normal questions like, uh, how are you missing retirement, but. From what we've been hearing lately, how is your body since retirement? Are you having any after effects of playing uh, inter county for so long? Well, I'm laughing now here because I, the girls know this as well. I never once said I was retired. And um, so that's when uh, social media and the media can take over sometimes. You weren't trying, you're early drops for you, yeah. I have to get about this one. No, I um, no, I had a bad injury at the start of last summer, um, which I thought had um, Limerick gone on to qualify for the quarterfinals, which they have done this year, thankfully, and delighted for the girls. Um, that I thought I might have been able to um, recuperate from, but it turns out it was until the start of even this summer that I was still um, recuperating from that and. Um, Kind of, kind of finding the body all right again now, but um, would have a bit of pain now in both knees at this stage. And I was, I was always wondering. I was like, "Would you? When are my knees going to get better?" But I now think I'm 32 years old. I think this just could be my knees now. So, um, no, no, it's less demands on the body definitely, and I had a lot of change this year. I I moved jobs and. Uh, so I'm teaching back in Limerick now as well, and as a result, I, I had less hours this year, so I take on a lot of grinds, don't tell the taxmen, and um, <laughs> so as a result of all that, I, you know, I just took the, I said between being injured now and everything, um, it was kind of the right choice for me not to play this year, but um, <laughs> then uh, the media took it as a retirement, but sure, yeah, they're probably right anyway, but um, <laughs> but, you know, but it's, it's still, uh, it's still, even though you have some injuries with your knees, 32 is still relatively young in this day and age of uh, playing sport. Uh, was it the, you, the knees that made you retire or was there another injury? 
no, no, definitely, genuinely just the needs. And as I said, just changing, like, where, you know, little things like paying a mortgage and stuff. Now, you had to, I had to kind of push um, life, I suppose, um, between all the, in, between the injuries to the knees and then putting life first, I suppose, it kind of um, came at, a, I suppose, a good time. And then I saw the draw and I said, geez, the girls have some chance of getting to a quarterfinal here. And that was very difficult there back in January and February. I just missed the routine so much there, January, February, March. That's when you're getting fit. That's when you're kind of after the, the, the wildness of Christmas, I suppose, and you're back to routine, you're getting fit and you're this. But, like, um, I really missed that this year and genuinely didn't start feeling okay about the whole thing until I'd say April, May. Um, it took that long just to kind of get it out of my system that I wasn't involved anymore and I wasn't playing anymore. And um, again, I suppose that's why it irked me so much that the girls are given so so much commitment. I got to go to Wimbledon this year. I got to see Andy Murray and Serena play doubles there two weeks ago and highlight of my life. And I was like, how have I never done this before? But because it's always smack bang in the middle of championship and you wouldn't dare leave the country during all of that. Like, And it's just the commitment the girls give. And then the likes of Trish Jack meant to be told, actually, this game has been changed. You'll actually, you know, no point in you coming home this weekend. And to be her sitting over there in England watching tweets come in about a championship fixture, it's just disgraceful. In this day and age, how do you feel about the whole social media? And it's kind of raised the profile of the the sport in general. If you're a sports star, you have... Instagram followers and your Facebook followers and Twitter followers. Uh, how do you find uh, stepping away? Do you kind of miss that element from it? Oh, not at all. And I think the social media has been just amazing for um, Kamogi and the promotion of it. There's Daryl Kahur there who just, he does really good articles for the Kamogi Association, to be fair to him. And the streaming of games, the last day, um, again, a Wimbledon fanatic here and we actually had a challenge match that evening, the day that the Limerick were playing Galway. So we had a challenge match, Wimbledon was on. And, but then I could watch the Limerick, so I couldn't go to Adam Wright support the girls. But you had Anne-Marie Guinan and uh, Killian Whelan there doing a wonderful job at the streaming. So I had them on the iPad, I had Wimbledon on the telly, and um, we headed off then to play the challenge match. So it was just a great day of sport, really. And it was lovely that Camogie was part of that. You know, usually you wouldn't... You know, you might get a bit of coverage on a radio station or something, but um, it was just, it was brilliant to be able to watch all the girls and to be saying, you know, and to talk to a few of them afterwards. You know, I'd be great friends with a few of them and just be able to, like, you know, you did this really well and, um, you know, you can improve on this the next day. It was just, it was great for, for when you can't make the matches. So the streaming, I can't speak enough or highly enough of Liberty Insurance and the Facebook streaming of games and Littlewoods and all that there, you know, it's, it's really really excellent now you know um so social media has done nothing but wonders and again being able to highlight the the, the situation with um Waterford at the moment as well it's, it's it's great you know just to be able to highlight these things to people and get the right people looking at them hopefully you know the offline manager Mick Wall he walked away from his uh, job uh was there issues around surrounding that um there was issues all right yeah the issue was their game was supposed to be on two weeks ago Okay. And it was changed. <laughs> so okay. highlights again, uh, just the absolute carnage of the fixture schedule. Obviously, Wexford were caught up in the gastroenteritis uh, scare, I suppose, after playing the game down in Limerick. Um, but I think they've pulled a fast one on the Kamogi Association here because uh, they were supposed to play last weekend. Um, they they'd had their game cancelled the week before. All the other teams involved in the or that were caught up in it all played last weekend. Wexford somehow managed to get the game off. Um, knowing that they had a game against Galway this weekend and that often he would be sitting idle for three weeks um, and now that game is on next Wednesday night in Clane because you imagine playing a senior championship match in a neutral <laughs> venue on a Wednesday night and uh, I was talking to Mick I know him fairly well I coached the team down in Kilkenny with him 2016 we won the Ireland and he committed to going to a social event in, in Lanzarote with a friend of his um, and couldn't change it promised to do it and it was at the end of the championship as far as he was concerned when he booked it about three months ago. And no, it's not <laughs> because they changed the fixtures. So it's just... It's very yeah, frustrating it's, for a manager, though, to be planning out your whole season and then little things yeah. like that. And especially if you're you're trying to motivate players and build them towards a certain date that you want them to perform. And then yeah, that, it's just thrown exactly. up in the air. Even we had, a, we had contact there on Sports Talk from an insider in the needs camp like their relegation game is fixed for the 27th and they won't find out who they're playing until 10 o'clock on Wednesday evening. 
So like it's supposed to be, you know, a professional setup, everything like this. How do you plan for playing? They'll meet up Thursday night for training and play on Saturday. So they'll <laughs> they best to look doing video analysis in the opposition there, you know, unless they go up and watch it Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. You know, take notes on both teams or whatever, but that's just not good enough. And like the way Wexford have gone on this year, the way they treat the league, pulling out of games, not having teams like for the goalie association to even accommodate them with changing the second week in a row, like it's just weak administration. It's really, really poor. You know, but look, awfully Jerry Walsh has taken over as the manager there for the for the week. He's a strong man, a gas character. There'll be no fear of him. He'll stand up from on the line. They'll have they'll be ready to go. Um, and look, it's a really big game. It's a really big game for uh, for both teams because Mead put in a solid performance over the weekend, and really they won't want to be going into a relegation one off game against them. Um, they're the kind of situations you want to avoid at all costs, you know. But yeah, Mick wasn't too happy. He put a statement out to us there on Friday because there had been a few uh, uh, untruths, fake news, I suppose, out in the midlands <laughs> there during the week. And uh, yeah, he just wanted to clarify a few things. But again. Unusual, I suppose. The Kowalski Championship has been a bit mad this year. The two games abandoned, two managers leave their post in the middle of the championship. But <laughs> player statements, everything's madness. Like, but uh, everyone will be happy to draw a line under it now and drive on to the knockout stages and get back to the important stuff on the field, you know. And Wexford, then um, they seem to be all over the place this season and even last season mm-hmm. they were all over the place. What what's their story or what what's yeah. their reasoning Look, for not being able to field yeah. teams? Look, we, we discussed this before on the podcast. Like, there's a lot of things going on there in Wexford. Like, I suppose we would have played them in 2015. They were probably right at the end of their powers, you know, of the real, real good teams they had. They still had Kay Kelly. They still had Ursula Jacob. They still had the Senates, Lacey's. Um, uh, and they lost all these, Max Darcy. Like, they lost all those at the same time. And like, we'd have been involved in underage camogie coming up like that. We'd have always given Wexford trimmings and challenge matches and stuff like that. So, like, a bit like the Offaly Hurlers, their player development, you know, they've nothing really coming through. Um, even when you're playing Ashburn there, there's very few extra players playing Ashburn, like the Chloe Fox with UCD, um, and uh, Daniel Ling playing with WIT, and that's about it, really. So, I think, okay, it was a complete shambles this year, but it's been coming for a long, long time um, from a development point of view. Uh, and look, they put in management teams last year, it didn't work out, and Look, it's very, very easy to take your eye off the ball and all of a sudden, you know, you'd be, you'd be looking at it going, right, we're not very competitive here at senior. And the reality is they're just not good enough at the moment and they don't have players, you know. So I feel sorry for and players because they still deserve better, but they're just, mm-hmm. they're just not good enough really, like, you know. But a lot of uh, small little things came, as you said, like there was a foul sweep, sweep there with a load of girls leaving at the same time, you know, and... Um, in St. Martin's didn't they get to the All-Ireland final this year as mm-hmm. well in the club and I think that affects the county a lot if the county's not going well in general and then your club is flying it who are you going to give more commitment to who are you going to exactly. you know, dedicate your winter training to who are you going to take a few few months off after, from after, after getting to an All-Ireland final do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just a lot of little I suppose a sequence of unfortunate events that happened there at Wexford, but it's still like, yeah, it's not good enough from them. And it's it's a pity that Offaly have to go out now and after putting in so much hard work all year that they've faced a Wexford team for relegation who could pull players from you don't know where. They, they, they seem to be having different panels every week as well. I've been noticing that, you know, players coming on some weeks and players not being even mentioned in the panel the next week. It's just, I don't know, it, it's not really like, Jesus, they by any, you know, if they went out and beat Offaly during the week now, and you know, I don't know, it just wouldn't be fair. I don't know, it's um, there should be some repercussions there. And as you said, a fact one definitely pulled there to get two weekends off in a row. And um, when they had to go out and play that match the following weekend, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not right. No, it's not right. But like, Joy could very easily happen in other counties as well. I know, like, say Limerick are after qualifying for the quarterfinal for the first time ever, um, mm-hmm. and it's great. And like, it might look on the surface like everything is all nice and rosy, but. Limerick also went back to B in the under-16 and minor this year. You know? yeah. And, like, okay, it's one thing, like, trying to win trophies or whatever, and I think the reality is that if anyone knows that about long-term player development, it's playing at a high level and test yourself at a high level, and that's how you produce players. It's not winning B competitions or, you know, being better than than the rubbish teams. And, like, the, the best thing I'd point out, like, okay, we won the minor Ireland in 2014. It was a team of a generation. It was a one-class, seven or eight of them had already played senior for Limerick. It was a freak team, and they were the Amazing best team in the country. Team. But the mm. following year, in 2015, and no offence to anyone was on that team, we had a very, very mediocre side 
and still got mm-hmm. to the semi-final because we had a really good setup, we had really good coaches in with them, and we put a lot of work into them. And mm-hmm. as many players have come through out of that team than out of the team that won in 2014, the likes of Quibble Lines, their league mm-hmm. and all these, Marion Quaid, have all come through from the second team. And it's, Leonard, like, yeah. it's just yeah, you have to take your focus off winning trophies at underage. Forget about it. Like the Hurling has shown the way forward this year. Cork aren't entering the forest uh Clare aren't entering the forest in the under fourteen in the in the lads hurling. Uh, I know the Clare manager quite well. They have ninety players training at under fourteen and their goal is to get ninety lads to eighteen years of age and send them back into the club system in Clare. That's their goal. Wow. There's no mention of trophies, there's no mention of anything. They're just going, right, how are we going to improve the club scene? We're going to put 90 guys through this process for four years and give them back to the clubs. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the attitude there. Not dropping down into D and C to win a shield, to win a trophy or, or this, it's you know, forward, it's just, forward thinking. Yeah, you know, so look, it's something Limerick has to be very, very careful of is that, mm-hmm. you know, get those teams back up into the A and look, take your couple of beatings. If you want Watford are a great example. Like we used to give Watford awful trimmings in the A and the minor and they'd be wondering what are they even doing? Next thing they started to win an old game. Next thing, they were the Munster Minor A champions. Then Angela's mm-hmm. one of the schools. And now they have a class team during the knockout stages for the second year in a row. It's not mm-hmm. a coincidence. Like it's, a, it's a long-term development plan that they have in place. And you only develop players by, by playing at the top levels. You know? So, yeah, look, it could happen to anyone. It could happen to you know, who's going to be the next expert. Hopefully no one. But that's the, that's the reality of it. And just moving on then to the games. Um, Fiona, you were at the Limerick Kenny game. 4.23 to 1.13. Um um, I don't um, I don't think Limerick went out there by any means thinking oh, we're already qualified here we'll just give this a lash um, they went out there firmly believing they could beat Kilkenny yesterday and um, or yeah yesterday so they I think was it only a point and Dalton rescued um, a victory for Kilkenny in, in the league there with just a point now Kilkenny mm. are obviously a different animal when it comes to league and championship that's something I know Limerick have worked on this year but they always, we always used to perform well in the league and then kind of fell flat come championship. So, I mean, that, that's obviously worked out for Limerick this year. We're qualified now for a quarter final, and that's great. But, geez, Kilkenny were a different gravy yesterday. I, I couldn't get over it, could not get over it. Um, I think by half time, Katie Power, Michelle Quilty, uh, Denise Gall had all scored four points each. Do you know, whereas I don't know if Limerick had four scores all together, maybe five scores all together, just about, I'd say. You know, they're just, um, geez, they were powerhouses, both in physicality, in skill, in the fielding and the ball was unbelievable. I, um, yeah, I, I don't know. They were just, really were uh, a step above now yesterday. They really were. They, I don't think the score would reflect the match again. I know that's uh, like, you know, a lot of people would say that Limerick got in right positions um for a lot of things they had a lot of really good hand passing up the field they had a lot of good uh, very good passes to play that just didn't come off so that would give them a bit of confidence going into the quarter final I know that and they actually finished quite strongly but just um the power Kilkenny blew them away you know Kilkenny mm-hmm. will do that to you I remember uh, 2015 we'd been going very well at Limerick if you can remember we hammered Wexford in the league hammered Tipperary and we went up to James mm-hmm. Stevens one Sunday night to play Kilkenny in a challenge match I remember, the first, yeah. first time I ever saw Denise Gall, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? She did a, back, they, she did a backward hand pass. Do you remember that? Backward hand pass over, over Sarah Carey. Yeah. This, yeah. We, scored two, we scored 2.15 and they put 4.26 on it above JFC. Yeah. I've never seen a Quogue team score 4.26. They were unbelievable. But Unreal. If the sign on, they went on and lost their Ireland final. So, like, they're streaky. Like, they're the kind of team that if they get any sort of a stranglehold on the game at all, they can go to town on you. But there is a little bit of a soft underbelly in Kikini and they can be got at and they hate playing against Cork. They just can't I think it's tactic. It's, it's, they, they, can't yeah. they go defensive and then they don't play their own game. When they're free-flowing and we saw, I saw them in full free-flow mode yesterday, they were, mm-hmm. it was amazing to watch. I was, I was trying to do a few tweets from the game and I just found myself being in awe. Katie Power did a sidestep right, a sidestep left and a ball over the bar and it was like... Yeah, they're class. Amazing. Katie okay, yeah. Power's in line for being player of the year. But like a sign yeah. for Kikini, like say we're preparing for the Ashburn weekend this year, like we're looking at the WAT team and you're talking Daniel Morrissey. Like that's who you're that's who you're targeting is like that's who our man marker is going on. It's going on Daniel Morrissey if we meet him. And she's only a sub yesterday. Can't even make team. And then you know, that's no like, offense to the girl, that's a yeah. that's a, a reflection on But these strength. counties they're, they're strength to death, like even Galway, like Kira Murphy yeah. played midfield for UL this year. For the whole of the Ashburn, outstanding player, incredible. 
really struggles to get on the Galway team. You know, and it's just like it's just the strength and depth they have is incredible. The top three teams mm-hmm. um is just phenomenal. But like Kinkinny yesterday that was a statement. Like there don't be yeah. but uh, like Limerick would not have gone out thinking that that's uh like you know, wouldn't have treated it like a challenge match or like anything like that. That was a statement performance. And their forwards are just ridiculous, like Katie Power, Miriam Walsh as well, like physical. Yeah. Draw, Denise Gall, the Farrells, uh, oh, it's just Michelle Quincy, savage, savage team. I was talking draw. to one of the one of the halfbacks from Limerick, and she said she marked four different Kilkenny players yesterday, and there was no one shouting in from the sideline saying, "Move here, swap yeah. here, can you swap here, and uh, can you swap with the uh, and or can you swap with Quincy?" None of that. They did everything by themselves. They know when to move. When not to move, they they the amount of times they had someone coming in like a train through midfield to ready to get a ball from the offload, it was uh, unreal. Now really really good. But yeah. Again again, uh, Limerick, as you said, they did not go out to perform badly, and you, I genuinely there were some seriously good passages to play there. Lauren had mm-hmm. a great save, you know, um, uh, good a lot of puck outs won, um, a lot of promising, good fielding from the Limerick team as well. Carnegie got a serious. You know, long range score and Karen's coming, becoming more and more a scoring threat now from midfield. It's mm-hmm. great to see, but it's just, yeah, yeah. Like, as we're, one of the girls was saying for Limerick yesterday, sure, and Downey's been with them since 2017. There's been, or since, how long has she been with them now, sorry? She, they won in 2015, 15, I think, 2015 is that? Yeah. Yeah. She's been with them for nearly 10 years. It's been yeah. working, you know, this isn't, it's not just happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Sully, so, would it be a little bit critical to say that? The likes of Danielle Morrissey hasn't really put it on the big day yet. That when they come up again, Cork on the a lot of All Ireland final day, they don't really have, apart from Katie Power, an inside forward that can be score two 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 three in the All Ireland final to win them the game. Yeah, look, I suppose that would be very harsh. Danielle Morrissey's nineteen, you know. They threw her in the All Ireland final two years ago. She was seventeen. She had, I think she's in fifth year in school. Um, so she's a very very young player. I don't know, like they won their Ireland in twenty sixteen at the same time. Like I I think at times they can be reliant on Katie Power, but uh, not yesterday, fu- not yesterday. Yeah, when they're in full flow they're just they're a serious machine, you know. Like I suppose what you have to remember as well is when they do play Cork, like you're coming up against a serious Cork backline as well, like Jim O'Connor, um, Pamela Mackey, Libby Coppinger, Chloe Sigerson, like draw you know, Cork probably have the best back six um, in the country and they have a very good system and they clog the middle third and they, they track back and they make it very difficult um, and they get their matchups very right as well they do they always do Like and what I found with Kikini the year I was done with them was that all you needed to do with them was get them fit and let them off all they wanted to do was just direct ball direct ball direct ball play 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 very difficult to get them to buy into a tactical plan or anything like that and I think that's when they do struggle it's when they come up against a team implementing a, a defensive plan against them they can struggle a little bit but Jesus uh, that was an impressive performance yesterday because I know from talking to, to Declan and Dara during the week like, that they were not treating that game lightly they were down to put in a performance but the funny thing is I think that performance will stand to them like I know as a coach like they're two weeks out now from the from the quarter final for the next 10 days they'll be trying to replicate championship intensity in training, but like they got shown exactly what it was on Saturday, and they'll know that yeah. they have to try and reach. Whereas if you flip on to the Mead Tip game, Mead went out with eight of their starting team only, and were probably cocky enough or to think they could win yeah. handy. Or tipped it, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And yeah. probably cocky enough to think they could win without them. Ended up having to empty the tank at the mm-hmm. end, but non caught the van and all these to try and win the game. And now what do they do? Like they've been three yeah. weeks without a serious game. And I think that was a highly questionable decision from Neve Lillis yesterday to do what she did. No offense to them, but they're not they're not Kilkenny. They're not Cork. No. They can't afford to take out eight players out of their team. They took out Karen Kennedy, Megan Ryan, caught the van. Like the three of their best players, Quiva Burke, Savage Goldie, and expected to just waltz up into Navin and win handy yesterday and it didn't happen for them. And now they're going into the quarter final against Limerick. Limerick traditionally have never feared Tipperary. They've always mm. been able for them. Um and look suppose it's one of these things that will be judged in hindsight, won't it? If they win, they'll be told, yeah, it was great, the players were fresh. If they lose, serious question yeah. over, over their decision yesterday to, to not play those players. Like The traditional way to do that would be to start strong and empty the empty the bench then if they're going to rest players, but make sure you have the points on the board. So at half-time, at half-time in the cork Watford game today, they were finishing third in the group, as it stood. So, yeah. so they took a huge risk. If they had lost yesterday, they were in serious trouble. 
you know. So it was a very, very strange decision. But, but look, time will tell. It's easy to easy to judge when you're sitting on the sideline looking in. So they know their panel better than the rest of us. But That's very it. I can't imagine any of those girls would have wanted to be on the bench as well. You know, girls are no. training hard all year and they want to. They just want to beat whatever's in front of them. They want to play whatever's in front of them. They want to beat whatever's in front of them. They're not going to yeah. be sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, sure, it's only me. You know, that's great. We'll let the other girls have a chance. Not a hope. They want to keep and their forwards especially, They know they're coming yeah. up to their quarterfinals. Exactly. Exactly. Forwards especially, like, you know, I'd like to call to them. You're on a good streak there. She'd play every day. So you just yeah. want to go out and play. And I get a very interesting one. Jonathan Lyon went back and played for his club last Sunday uh, in Kerry because he wasn't involved in the match day panel. And he came on today and played Savage for Kerry. Like, I think... There's a lot of a lot of thinking going on, like coaching. It's gone kind of full circle at the moment. That I say a lot of these GPS trackers and yeah. load monitoring and all this that were gone a little bit soft. Um, that were, were restricting players from reaching their their peak condition, and because we're looking at numbers too much and looking at data too much, and mm-hmm. like I don't know, I just think that was a question decision yesterday. And I know in teams I'm involved in, we value a championship jersey. Like you don't just hand it out. You know, exactly, that yeah. if, if you if you get handed your championship jersey, no matter who the opposition is, you've earned it. And yeah. I think they might have devalued the jersey a little bit yesterday, but look, we'll see. Do you not think also? Do you not think also, though, Sully, that in championship uh, they've gave eight different players championship experience? I know it was probably a high risk uh, playing against Mead, but like a betting man would have always played pick tip over Mead yesterday. Yeah, I suppose again it comes down with my own feeling on it and geez I'm no expert or anything on this now this is just my own thoughts on it like if you put in seven or eight new players into a team you're not giving them championship experience at all because they're not playing beside the key players it's very different if you put someone in wing forward for tip uh, beside Caught the Van and beside Orla Dwyer and beside Mary Ryan or, and it's completely different putting her in alongside four subs <laughs> because you have to look at two things one you put them in alongside the better players they're getting better passes they're getting better balls they're getting better support runs but two, you put in a load of subs and that may fan mentality is there. They're all trying to put their hand up and play for their own jersey. Whereas mm-hmm. it's much better, I find, to just put a player in, let them let them see how they are with 12 or 13 of the starting team around them. Uh, and, you know, I just think it's better. Like, like that game, Mead were winning with 10 minutes to go yesterday. Like, you know, I just think it was a strange decision. But look, who am I to say, you know, but they'll probably they'll fancy their chances of being in the semi final. They probably likewise with Limerick home fear tip, tip don't fear Limerick either, so there'll be no fear there. Um It's gonna be a great yeah. game. It will, I'm looking forward to it now in fairness, it will be good. Yeah. And do you know what? I fancy Walford to have a cut off Galway as well. I know it's if Galway to win it out at the start of the year, but there's just there's a bit of an old swagger there in Walford, like, you know, even even releasing the statement during the week, like that's ballsy. Yeah. Like the you know, Okamogi team has done that before. Uh Beck Carton is probably top player in the country at the moment she's just unstoppable I think she got nearly all water scores again today if any Fitzgerald you know, Shona Curran is back there in the heart of the defence Fiona Morris is back Trish yeah, Jackson is back yeah, they have physicality Neve Rocket they have pace like they're class like and Joe Galway have been kind of I suppose they got one right good game at the start of the year against Kilkenny and then they've been kind of just tipping away tipping away and, you know it'll be interesting to see what happens Walter will come out with the right attitude and sort into them it could be a right game as well you know I think Galway are tipping away nicely, though. I don't think it's a just tipping away. It's a they've they've serious ambitions this year. I right? after that league, they didn't they didn't go too crazy after that day, but they have. Um, yeah, it'll be a great game as well. So it's, um, two good quarterfinals to look forward to. To be fair, and of course Galway beat. Of course Galway beat Wexford three twenty five to four points. Um, mm, yeah. That was four. interesting because there was no need for that either. But. I think it shows a bit of intent as well because I don't think they were in any way happy with their performance against Limerick last week. And, yeah. you know, again, no, neither of those teams are going to get knocked out after that game last week, but they were very disappointed with that performance, even though they wouldn't, you know, and they missed a few chances as well, as did Limerick. But um, yeah. I thought that scoreline now was uh, funny today. Yeah, Galway, Galway were a bit caught though as well. Like, I'd have a lot of time for Carl. I, I, I have a lot of yeah. respect from at the dealer in this year. We had a lot of Galway players in UL and he was a gentleman to deal with. They have the same panel for the intermediate and seniors, so they're splitting the panel for every game. So uh-huh. they wouldn't have been able to play eight or nine subs even if they wanted to because they were playing another game down the road. I think they played Dublin uh, in the intermediate championship. So, um, and you know what? I know you shouldn't run up a, t- a score against the team, but I'd have no real sympathy for Wexford to a certain extent either because I kind of no. really feel that they've uh, they've made a mockery of the league and championship this year mm-hmm. to a certain extent. And 
do you know, if you don't want to take a trim and pull out, which is what you should have done, do you know, and just take take your medicine for the year and, you know, they clearly weren't ready for it. What's the point? Do you know, what, what have they really achieved this year by fulfilling fixtures? Do you know, so yeah. I don't think a whole lot, like, do you know. And so again, as you, you said, Sorry, go again, as you said, Galway are, you know, they're putting their hands up. Those girls want to make the, you know, the quarterfinal squad. They want to make the quarterfinal starting team. So, that, exactly. again, you had to up a good score to do that, like. Yeah, like we were at the Offaly game, uh, Tom, and like Ailish O'Reilly is as good as you'll ever see. Um, top, top class there. But one thing I have to call out, Molly Dunn was on Twitter and she was talking about the, the gaps in the Galway Wexford game and the gap in the Kilkenny Limerick game that it was worrying for Camogie. And like, I just have to put her up on that because there's a huge difference between what Limerick did uh, going down to Kilkenny. Like Limerick has been in the league semi final this year. Uh, have been serious work in the background like everything is top class their physio, mm-hmm. gym, nutrition everything like that it's a serious setup. the morale in the camp is high like Kilkenny can do that to anyone and then the difference that between Wexford and their shambles of the setup and taking a trimming from Galway are two completely different things so I don't think it's fair for Molly to have uh, that slighted I suppose Limerick and Wexford in the same breath because you're talking about two completely different scenarios there really so um, yeah, yeah you know, just, to, just to highlight that as well mm-hmm. And then moving on to Dublin versus Clare, a draw, uh, 4-5 to 2-11. Uh, both played a sweeper all year. Um, Frank Brown's first year in charge of um, Dublin, David Hurley there, of course, beforehand, didn't really push on. No, and they haven't pushed on since 2017, really. Um, like, I think, talked to a lot of people around the around the game, 2017, they got to be final. It was unprecedented. Um and the feeling was that they were happy enough. They went out, played real negative against Galway, made no attempt to win the game. And psychologically, it seems they haven't really recovered from that. Um, they were very poor last year. Like They scored 4-5. Okay, they got four goals. They hit 3-1 in 10 minutes after half time. Other than that, they scored 1-4 in 50 minutes, playing a sweeper. And like I don't know. I don't know Frank from Adam. I know he's involved in ladies football and stuff like that. But like, how do you sit down in October with these players and go, Okay, that you know, that was a good year. It wasn't a good year. You played a sweeper for the whole year. You couldn't score. You lost every game. But you beat Meade, fair play. You drew a clear and a dead rubber. Like, what's the point of that? Like, I just I, I really don't understand it. Like, you know, it's I just I just genuinely baffled by it because they have decent players. Like, you come across them in the Ashburn there. Um, you know, like Sinead Wild and these and uh, and uh, Maher and you know uh, Alex Griffin and 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 like they're really good players. It's just like. What's the point? I, I bet you any money when that Dublin squad goes back next year, if they have 31 or 2 in the panel, there'll be 7 or 8 and they won't bother coming back. Because, like, so there has to be enjoyment in it. Why is the enjoyment in going out and just basically your manager telling you that you're not good enough and that we're just going to try and keep the score down every day? Because that's basically what they were doing. You know, mm. it's just, I don't know, I just don't get it really to be honest. It's just a strange one. I know Claire were kind of the same. I think Claire probably in a different position in that they're, that they're trying to build a team. Um, They've been trying to build a team now for the last, uh, I don't know how long. They're just been a real yeah. disappointment over the last few years. Like, I know, you know, Naomi Carr has been working very hard to get back to fitness, and mm-hmm. she's just back, I'd say, this week, and sure, there, yeah. there's nothing there for them, really. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. a very, um, I don't know, we used to have good battles with them over the years, and now it's just, it's, I don't know what it is. There's no continuity there with players, I suppose, and different panels every year, and I don't yeah. know, it's just it's very disappointing for a good, you know, traditional Camogie stronghold. Again, they have mm. great club teams, you know, the club teams are coming through there, Ina Kill Namona, Newmarkin, they always have they've great battles there for county finals over the last few years. We've played a few of their club teams in club mm-hmm. back, club challenges and both in Munster Championship as well with Granite Van and Gary and God, like their club scene is flying it. But sometimes yeah. I feel like when a club scene in a in a county is flying it, for example, Wexford, it can really affect the whole county setup if it's not managed mm-hmm. properly, you know? I think a lot yeah. of girls in Clare are happy out to go play for their club every week and, you know, try and win a county there and then go compete now. They're up senior in Munster, you know, they weren't senior club mm-hmm. there for years. They're senior club team now, um, once they, once they get out of the county. So it's um it's just it's a funny one, you know. It is an interesting one because they've been in four or the minor finals in the last nine years. So it's not a case Where are of not players? producing players. Clare, yeah. So it's like it's not like they're not producing players. Flannons have been quite strong in the schools as well. Um, but I suppose an interesting thing is like it's probably all defenders that they're that they're producing. You know, like say like in UL this year, Kira Grogan, Claire Hare, Issa Keane, they're all starting for mm-hmm. UL. They're all defenders. Emer Kelly would have said as a midfielder, as a defender, 
in UL as well. And like obviously Chloe Mori was a forward of a generation. She struggled badly with injuries last couple of years. Yeah, uh, they converted Emer Kelly to a forward this year. Um, like Nevo D committed to the football only. I suppose like like I have a good time for Gerald Connell now as well, and he'd be great to deal with in UL as well. And I think they're putting their heart and soul into it. Um, but like a manager's job is to get their best players on the field. And Eddie Brennan managed it in Leash this year. Unfortunately, we got the brunt of Crow Park. But <laughs> like the one thing he did was, like, say, Ross King played, Kiki Maher played, Chad Wire played. All these lads were in. Like, you know, the best players were in. That's the manager's job. Once once the manager gets the best players in, you hand them over to the coach. That's, that'd, that'd be my view on it, you know. And, like, you'd have to wonder, like, would Claire have been better with Nevo D playing, you know, or, you know, but they're trying to build. And, yeah, they, they seem to be caught in transition. I think they will be better next year. I think they're in a different position to Dublin, who were in an All Ireland semi final two years ago and have just completely fallen off the cliff, um, which is disappointing because Camogie does need another team to come up and challenge. You know, um, yeah. like Tip have been threatening it for a long time. Um, so maybe Waterford are probably more likely to to be the ones to maybe Take go over. to four yeah. now and with yeah. the underage development and stuff. But yeah, look, disappointing game. Like four five four five two eleven. I suppose I mentioned to Mairead Scanlon, we mentioned her in the Player of the Week uh, at the start of the championship. She got an outrageous winner for Clare above in Navin. She scored 1-6 yesterday as well. It's just serious shooting. Um, and she's not their free-taker either. Um, and uh, Eva Kelly was excellent as well. Andrea O'Keefe had a big, big impact when she came on as well. She's a top-class uh, Ashburn player as well. They do have the players. Like, you think, oh, it was Jerry's first year involved there. They have a big backroom team. As you say, Naomi Carroll was only just coming back. She's top-class. They had her Mary Ice, deadly player. Uh, Chloe Moore, he was only just kind of struggling back from injury. You can get Nevo D back in, you know, and I suppose they missed Aoife Keane out through injury as well. And so, yeah, they've been a little bit unlucky. I think they probably have more in the tank um, if they keep everything together next year. But, yeah, it's interesting to see where they go another season is over now, 27th of July. So it's a long time now, again, until January or February, they get another game. It's tough going for these teams, you know. Yeah, well, look, Ein are very strong, you know, like they've been in the Munster final line at the moment for the last couple of years. Um, with a good few of that team as well, you know, and Clooney Quinn are quite strong as well. Yeah. The Marcus and the Bridge, so, so yeah. So they'll go back now and have a cut off each other in the summer, I suppose. So yeah, yeah. It's yeah. interesting to see how I kind of shaped her all in, in uh, October, November, when Jericho is looking for McGinn, I suppose, you know. <laughs> and Fiona, just on the sweeper system, what's your experience of playing of the sweeper system? <laughs> what were your instructions <laughs> given by the manager going out? <laughs> We were we were part of no sweeper system back in the at the yeah, we were, yeah. yeah yeah um no look there's a place for it I suppose in some ways but like I don't know I think like just looking at Limerick and Kenny, Kenny yesterday I just really got the feeling that for a lot of it like for especially foot forward the positions don't really mean too much anymore I think. Kilkenny just went where they wanted to yesterday, where they instinctively knew to go. Like, they didn't, you, you didn't have your half forward staying as half forward. You'd been moving in and out. You had, you know, full forward moving out to centre forward. You'd centre forward moving back to midfield or centre back whenever she was needed, you know. And um, I don't know, like, as, as Sully was saying, they're like player Dublin, both played sweepers all year. They end in a dead rubber game with a draw. Kind of sums it up, really. Mm. I think it's, it's a lazy option. Like, look, I have used it in the past, sometimes successfully, sometimes fairly disastrously. Uh, my whole thinking in it the last couple of years has been that, like, if you get a team fit enough and organised enough, um, you shouldn't need to play a sweeper. No, it yeah. does take a lot of work and training. Like, you're talking about, you know, implementing the wheel, getting your half-forwards back, tracking players being yeah. heads-up, covering a high level of fitness. Um, but, like, especially in Kowalgi, I don't mean this in any offensive way at all. Like if you can force a, a team to go a sharp puck out and squeeze it, yeah. Like you're going, to, you're going to get turnovers. Like, but like if you concede an extra player to like the Cork Kilkenny or these, the likes of Sarah Healy or you know, these keepers like uh, Aoife Murray and these, they'll just pick out the spare player. And next thing, it's just hand pass, hand pass, hand pass, and you're under pressure again. Like your best bet against the top teams is to squeeze them, make them go along, fight, draw, bring bring a high level of intensity. Um, but I think the problem is, especially in the weaker counties, you go out. And you don't play a sweep against these big teams. You get a hockey in and you have all these idiots going, Asher, look, you went down to come on 15-15, what have you been thinking? So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I think yeah. from a player retention point of view, from a morale point of view, from just going out and having a cut, as long as you're well organised, there should be no need to play it really. Like, you know, that's 
that'd be my own thinking on it. But yeah, look, I can't sit here and say that I haven't used it in the past. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Limerick went out there yesterday, and Limerick did not use a sweeper. And yeah. I think it was the right call in a match that they know for a fact that even if they lost, they were still qualified. It was the right call to make it. Mm-hmm. They grand, they 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 got they got well well beaten. But like, I think that you know. Like, we tried a sharp puck out at one stage and it didn't come off. And instead of trying to sharp puck out again, you know, Laura was told to just, you know, hit, hit a long ball. This, the Limerick mm-hmm. keepers, you know, he, no, no, we can't do that again. But until they're sure that they can do the sharp puck out, make honest players out of Kilkenny, not have six in the in the half-back line waiting for the ball, you know. Mm-hmm. There was two to one the whole time for Laura's long puck out there, you know. And Limerick, to be fair to them, still won a few of those. But again, the turnovers, two of the Kilkenny goals yesterday came from turnovers that Limerick had possession and they were just trying to pop it off to each other. Limerick are Kilkenny intercept and come back up to field. And that's, it's very hard to recover from that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's very demoralising for a team. So I think Limerick did the right thing by not playing the sweeper. But again, as you said, there, there is definitely the place for it, you know, at times. But um, you'd hope you wouldn't need it, kind of. Mm-hmm. So would you agree that if you're playing the sweeper system, you needed at least two good inside forwards to be able to hold up the ball once it goes up? That it's not coming, yeah. just coming straight back, even though it's five against six. Yeah, it'd be pace anyway, you know. Um, whatever chance you have, you play two inside narrow and, and play the ball down the channels. But uh, I think the, the the skill level has gone much higher in Cork. Um, like Mary Ryan was player of the match last two weeks uh, mm-hmm. against Clare and against Mead. If Mead played a sweeper, tip freed up Mary Ryan and sure like, you know, it's best player in the country on the ball, like just so cool, great touch, brilliant distribution. You just can't do that. Like if if you're going to do it, do it right. You know, like when we would have done it in the past over the years, you'd wait for you'd set up with your sweeper, wait for the opposition to see who they wanted to free up, and then push a player out on them and make them leave someone else as the player, cause a bit of chaos. But yeah, look, it, look, I think the sweeper is dead. It's backfires. I don't think anyone has won using it in Camogie this year. Um, it's completely backfired. Like what you will see if we look ahead to the quarterfinals, like you've watched going with Tip Limerick. Tip do their best to free up Karen Kennedy. They don't play a sweeper as such, but when they lose the ball, Arena Friday tends to drop back into the middle of the field. Megan Ryan or, or Mal Ryan tends to maybe sit back in the centre-back, and Karen Kennedy wants to sit there in the pocket and sweep up. So Limerick need to be completely aware of that, um, that they don't allow Karen Kennedy, who is a serious player, uh, to have the run of the field um, in that game. You know, like Tip are fairly well organised. Like you know, like they're very good at, at dropping back and covering and moving the ball through the lines and stuff like that. So it's interesting to see how Limerick counteract that. But go back to what we said earlier. I'd much rather be going into a quarter final having played a high level, high intensity championship game against Kilkenny uh, two weeks out than having played essentially a dead challenge match against Meads. Because that's what Tip turned it into as well. So yeah, but yeah. it'll be really interesting. Like you have to say Tip are favourites for that game. So Limerick won't mind that either. Be waiting in the long grass there. She the morning says they'll be they'll be ready to <laughs> ready to pounce, you know. So it'll be really interesting games. I think they're fixed for third. It's on the third of August, so um, very interesting to see. But I suppose like Kilkenny put out a fair signal yesterday um, as well, you know. So it's really it's really hot and up nice, you know. It's going to going to be a very interesting finish to the championship. And fi- and finally, just uh, player of the week nominations, uh, Sully. Who have you yeah. in mind for that? I suppose. Yeah, like the standout ones really is was Denise Gall in the in the Kikini game. By all accounts, absolutely outstanding. Four points in play in the first half. I think she finished up at one six or seven. Um, and the other performance that really stood out, uh, you know, Cronin and Beck Carton uh, pretty much had a one on one battle today in the Cork Water game. But don't have much information on that. But Mairead Scanlon scored one six. Um, I suppose we nominated her for player of the week as well for a performance in the first round and I suppose Denise Gall is more than likely going to put her hand up again at some stage in the in the championship for uh, for a nomination again so because their season is over and hitting one six in the championship is a serious return uh, they could have to give the player of the week to Murray Scanlon from Clare this week and Fiona just uh, on the player of the week nominations uh, obviously you've heard about the trip to New York for the All-Stars are you going to try to get yourself on the plane somewhere? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd say even if I'd uh, been playing this year, uh, Tom, I probably wouldn't have had much chance of getting on to the old plane to New York. But um, I'd be very hopeful that a few of our players would um, this year. Um, you have like Neve Mulcahy outstanding stuff. Karen O'Leary is really putting her hands up this year. Sarah Carey's flying at Marion Quaid as cornerback. I hope she gets a look in because you know um, she's she's actually flying it this year, and people would have said 
that uh, Carrie Dolan had a bad game for Galway last week, but I wouldn't say Carrie Dolan had a bad game. I would have said Marion Quaid had a good one. So, like, Marion playing great full-back, and I won't get going on about the Limerick players now, but, you know, I'm just hopeful that by getting uh, the Mold, final, yeah. finally... Meave Mull deserves an Oscar. Like, yeah, she's yeah. one of the best Camogie players I've ever seen, without question, of all time. And it's just unfortunate that the All-Stars are usually selected on the knockout games. Um, yeah. you know, between herself and between herself now and Gary, if the two of them never got an All Star, <laughs> it'd be an awful, uh, an awful. Day. Remind the All Stars if they have kids, they better be playing the green jersey. They remind the All Stars <laughs> they're going to produce some serious athletes. That, it's bad enough to Claire, that, yeah, Claire Mull is above in Dublin with Sean Cronin's kids, and they'll be talking yeah. about Leinster or Dublin or someone. That's bad serious enough. breeding. So we've there. Got, we've got, yeah, we've already missed out on those in Limerick. So if we missed out on <laughs> and Brennan's young Brennan who has to try on the green jersey. But just an interesting point to finish up on on the All Stars. Like Beth Carton won an All Star last year. She's been the outstanding player this year. And I really hope that the Kabogi Association don't punish Waterford for making a stand by Beth missing out on an All-Star again this year because she is the outstanding player um, in that group. Like, just carries Waterford every single day. And it'll be really interesting to see when that, those awards are picked if uh, if there's a little kickback from the Kabogi Association. It wouldn't surprise me at all, but I genuinely hope there isn't because, like, what they've done needed to be done and the Cody Association needs to be big enough and adult enough to go put their hands up and say, you know what, this isn't good enough and we see your point and we sit down and engage with you. Um, but by experience in the past that it's more likely to be uh, some sort of petty uh, <laughs> retaliation like the missing out on an All-Star Award or uh, nomination and stuff like that. So hopefully... But that will be a shambles because they definitely have three yeah. or four sticking their hands up there for nominations. and yeah. Like again, you were giving out earlier about you know you know let's get let's get over all the drama now and let's get on to the quarterfinal semi-final stage. I think bring on the drama. Let's talk about what's going on. Let's talk about the gossip. You know that's what people are interested mm-hmm. in. The same in any sport, people are interested. Yeah. You, you have people giving out about Megan Rapino from the United States because she's doing dances when she's you know being seen mm-hmm. out and about. If you had Cristiano Ronaldo doing that, everyone would think he's an absolute legend. If this was going on hurling. Yeah. The amount of people that would be standing up saying this is a disgrace, but because it's Kamobi, so many people don't even know what's going on. I mean, Josh Prey, I hope people have watched that um, that uh, YouTube clip there of him talking about Kamaji. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's doing more for the Kamobi Association than they're doing for themselves. you know what I mean? So I think, you know, any press, you don't want bad press, but you know, you do want to get the issues out there. So I don't think it's... A, it, it, I'm very impressed by Waterford for making that statement. And, you know, let's, let's keep that kind of momentum going now because, it, you know, the the things haven't been good enough and the girls who've been putting in so much commitment do deserve better than this. Uh, sorry, yeah, just, like, back, just back to that statement for a minute. It, it wasn't yeah. that uh, cutting on the Camogie Association. It, it, it seemed from reading it to be very uh, well put together and... Uh, Obliging, if anything, to the mm-hmm. no, it was. Com- yeah. You, you, yeah, you you only saw the one that was released, so obviously, Tom, did you? you didn't see the first draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, but like, I suppose it's going back to Fiona's point there. Like, sport is about the narrative, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I'll give you an example. I went to see Shamrock Rovers game on Thursday night, right? About six months ago, I stumbled across the League of Ireland podcast that I just stuck on one day, not necessarily listened to. Really like the two guys presenting, Danny McDonald and Johnny Ward. Next thing, you're listening to these guys every week, just talking about the different players in the league, talking about different players. You start to build up that affinity with them. You almost feel that you know them. I was in Dublin for work last Thursday. Shamrock Rovers were playing. I went in to see them. Jack Byrne, all these guys, X-Man City. You know their background. And straight away, you've been interested, right? I don't really like soccer, to be straight up. I've no real that interest in it. But it's about the narrative. It's about the people that are involved. And it's the same in the Women's World Cup. You go, you're watching because Phil Neville is the manager or... You know, like you watch America because Rapino is controversial, and like again, again, no real interest in soccer. But it's not necessarily about the actual sport; it's about the narrative, and it's about knowing the characters, and and that's what gives you the interest in it. You know, that's why you follow your county team, whether they're winning or losing, because you know these guys, and you know them inside out. You know them since they're kids. I think this controversy in the Verti Commas mm. has put maybe Watford maybe more in the public eye, and has put Camogie more in the public eye, and maybe when that game is on RTE in two weeks' time that if people are flicking through the skybox and they see the water for playing Camogie, they might be more inclined to sit down and watch it because they go, oh yeah, they're the guys who stood up for themselves or, yeah. you know, there's Beck Carter or there's Trish Jackman who missed out in the game because she's lecturing in the UK or whatever. So you have that bit of an affinity with it and that bit of a connection with it. And it's not necessarily to do with the spectacle or, or the actual sport itself. It's about the characters and, and how you feel towards them and your connection with them. So, 
like it'll be very interesting to see whether it has had a positive impact on the on the team. But one thing I said to Donald was like he can be sure that that group are going to die with their boots on. Whatever stage yeah. of the championship they go out with, like they have a character and a bit of spirit and a bit of leadership about them and like they were willing to back their manager with that statement. I think it shows they have a tight knit group and it shows the job he has done with them to really bring them from nowhere. Like I guess they were a joke like for for years. You'd be hoping yeah. to get them in the championship. You just batter them and move on. And like what he, what they've done there is unbelievable. Um so like and that's nothing is dangerous. Respect. Nothing is dangerous as a group of girls with a point to prove either. Uh, yeah, that's a hundred percent, you know. And <laughs> like I tell you, Kyle, Murray, we want to be listening to this. If they take their eye <laughs> off the ball there, that it'll be a major mistake, you know. And like I do actually feel sorry for them because they were five points up against Tip in the in the game that was abandoned. Yeah. It was really unfortunate. Like the difference between winning that game, like they'd have been playing Limerick in the quarter final. That's a fifty fifty game. Limerick was at the fifty fifty game and Tip would have been playing Galway. Whereas now they're going to go in a series underdogs and it's like little things that can turn a and season like that. Believe, you know? I do believe there was a few conspiracy theories going around that about um, rules as well. I know and yeah. you know, obviously it was a serious injury, but is there there's a, a rule that if it goes over a certain length of time that the match has to be um, postponed right. or whatever? 15, so there was a yeah, bit, 15 minutes, yeah. Because yeah. there was chaos there in Kinnegad there a couple of weeks ago. An Antrim player got injured and uh, there was an assessor in the crowd from the Camogie Association and they went over 15 minutes. Both teams wanted to play on. Antrim didn't want to have to come all the way back down to Westmead. The ref, Colin McAllister, come up from Cork. He was like, I'm going to come from Cork because only 20 minutes left. Everyone wanted to play on. The Camogie Association said no. So, yeah, that rule is definitely there. Adam, mm. you can't really speculate on these things. No, the player, no. The player was injured and look, you have to take yeah, it face they value. they did the right thing, definitely. Yeah, obviously, manager is gone in the meantime. There's new management in. You could yeah. draw all sorts of conclusions. Yeah, yeah, but, you could. You, but you can't either because it's not we there. Won't. Yeah, no. exactly. So, um, but yeah, look, it'd be very interesting though. I think we're heading down there, Tom, actually, on the third to do a bit of work down there. We are, yeah. So, really, really looking forward to it now and uh, the championship's about to kick off. So, but it's great to see Neve Mulcahy get her chance on the television. So great to see Bet Carton again caught the van. Yeah. Like these are absolute icons of the game. You know, it's just they're so so good. They're so professional. They're so athletic. Like Orla Dwyer would be playing. She's been off to Australia playing Aussie rules. You know, these players. Like it's just yeah. There are serious like, stories behind all these girls. You know what I mean? There is. I think they need to be told. And I think a big thing as well. And I I, I will stop talking after this. I swear, Tom. But um, <laughs> a lot of the GA players. The, the fellas lend into these cushy, I mean, they deserve them, I suppose, to a certain extent, but they lend into these, if you're not a teacher or you're not a student, you inevitably work in a bank and you have these this job where you can kind of come and go if you please and you might visit schools and, you know, it's great for them that the bank really kind of accommodates them, but I just don't think you have that in Camogie. Sarah Terry there works as, you know, she she went back after having Nikki. Um, Tom is full-time training with Limerick. She's full-time training with Limerick. She works as a social worker. She's, you know, working nights. And she's coming on, you know, she might be training and before she goes off to work at night. And you have Mary O'Callaghan there, we lost, who trained as a doctor. You have, like, you, Carly Leary's beautician. You have some amount, of, like, she's putting her career mm-hmm. in danger every time she goes out playing. Like, do you know what I mean? She she, she used her hands every day. Like, Lorraine McCarthy's a nurse. You know, you have all these interesting, different jobs around. I, mm-hmm. I don't think you find with the fellas as much because... I mean, Patricia Jackman even lecturing over in LinkedIn. Now, obviously, you know, she probably, that's where she wants to be. But at the same time, if it was a fella, would he be would he be somewhere in Ireland? Now, maybe she doesn't want to be in mm-hmm. Ireland. You know, I know she has an affinity with that university. You know, she, she wanted to train over there. She wants to do her PhD over there. But again, you know, you just ask the question, you know, these these girls are putting in again, and it comes back to this again. It comes back to Waterford. having to play that match this season. The commitment these girls give to their lives, their work, some of them not even getting hot showers after training. None of them effectively get meals. We saw Darren O'Sullivan coming out talking about not getting mileage, going up and down for one of the girls on the Cork, the ladies football panel, going up and down to Dublin. And Kieran Donaghy nearly, you know, he nearly died when he heard that. He could not get over mm-hmm. it. I'd say there's lads in Limerick GA getting, you know, mileage to travel, I'd say, from, you know, the jet land to the Gaelic grounds. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's just... I don't know. It's just the commitment that comes to the stories these girls have. It just it builds to you know a nice little end to this championship quarterfinals, semifinals. The different characters that are there, and I just hope they all get the recognition that they all um, that they all deserve. I just don't think. I suppose when you're caught up in it for so long, you don't realize 
the lack of respect and the lack of, um, you know, promotion these girls get. So, you know, it's great. Podcasts like this especially are just putting it, again, like as you said, Sully, you start to listen to a podcast about League of Ireland randomly and you went to a game, you know, people need to start going to these games, you know, so hopefully, you know, podcasts like this, you know, the streaming on Facebook and um, a bit more coverage on Twitter and the like will, you know, help, you know, improve conditions for all GA and all Camogie players. And finally, 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 Fiona, what's the future for you? Are you going to go back next year? Are you going to try to get your knees fixed? Or? Oh, no, sure, I'm retired. I'm, no, no, I'm joking. That's no, official really we, we, have an, we have an exclusive that you're coming out of retirement. Pending <laughs> uh, no, two, no, no. two new knees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my mom works in the, the hospital in Croom there in North Phoenix Hospital, so I said you could look after me. No, um. No, I'm enjoying, actually, really enjoying for the first time in years just playing club. I just, you forget how much crack you've had with the girls and I suppose, um, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying that now and you kind of, again, county girls do miss out on that with their clubs. You know, we haven't seen a few county girls for, you know, a long time now and, you know, it's all it's all well and good playing county but then when it comes to the winter, you mightn't see those girls until you know, next January, February, whereas these are the girls you meet in the shop, the girls you meet in, you know, at mass or going to, you know, like the pub, I suppose, even, you know, these are the girls you'd be with for the winter. So I'm really enjoying playing, but like my, my childhood hero is Vera Sheehan. She thinks she's the same age as me, but uh, we won't let her away with that. And, you know, we've made that and all these girls who are just, you know, heroes. And it's, I'm just really enjoying playing with even the nice mix of young ones and old ones, I suppose. It's, um, and I'm smack bang in the middle of those two. So it's, uh, it's, um, it's great. It's, I'm really enjoying club at the moment anyway. So, um, yeah, long may it last. So if uh, Limerick beat Tipperary in a couple of weeks' time, you won't be getting the issue to <laughs> just walk by the manager and if, just maybe show him that you're still <laughs> okay. If uh, if Laura Neal has anything to do with it, I'd say <laughs> I'd be I'd be back in. She keeps pestering me after any tweet I make. <laughs> She's been very funny about it, but um, you know I appreciate the sentiment, but um, no, I wouldn't do that to any team. The girls have put in so much commitment all year. Um, you, no one could walk back in now at this stage, but um. Yeah, I know, like, it, the girls, I'm so proud of them, and it's taken, I suppose, until, as I said, about two or three months ago to get over not playing anymore, so that, um, you know, again, you might do another further podcast, and that is some stage, Sully and Tom, about the the support, I know you did one during the week, you did a blog during the week about, um, you know, the the mind and coaches' mental health, but mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said for uh, ex-players' mental health as well, I think they're in the dark months in the winter, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's a, I think the GPA are very much focused on it. You know, they're up in Westmead with us about uh, trying to get guys to focus on what happens when you're finished. You know, like yeah. there's guys there, like Tommy Doyle and these lads will openly admit, you know, they're 24, 25, tipping along, as you say, in the soft job, but then kind of realising, going, hold mm-hmm. on, I already want to do this for another 10 years. And yeah. so, like getting a support network in place to, to, you know, maybe go back to education or uh, I suppose try and transition. But like, you know, it is tough. Like when you put your hat and soul into everything you say, and you're with a group there, and next thing it's not there anymore, and you've no choice yeah. to be going to, and yeah. you know you don't you don't have thirty people that are basically your best mates for ten years, mm-hmm. and it, the next thing it's all whipped out from under your feet. Um, and look, I know the, the WGPA is a bit more in its infancy than the GPA, and they do work closely together. But I think it's a very valid point there. Is like it's just you know you just end, it's just gone, you know, and it's was your mm. own case there. Like your joy, you get injured. You're thinking you come back next, you don't come back, and all of a sudden you turn around and it's not there anymore. And like, mm-hmm. so that happens all over the country. So like managing that transition is very difficult. Um, you know, like I suppose in I know in in UL now in the Ashburn, like say like Sheila who will retire, Sheila Moynihan, she's in coach with us and she's got heavily involved on that side of it. Uh, yeah. Got the van and Neve Ryan are in coaching with us as well, so they're kind of already maybe have an eye to the playing career being over and probably going on into management and coaching and stuff like that as well. So, um, like, it's probably an avenue that maybe more male players think about than female players. And, like, there's yeah. a great thrill in the coaching and in the managing. It's not the same as playing. There's nothing quite the same as it, but mm. it's still great. Like, you get you not great enjoyment out of being involved with a group and seeing them improve and winning together, losing together, you know. So it's maybe something that maybe the WGPA and the Kobe Association should maybe encourage more players to maybe look at doing coaching courses and get involved because there will be opportunities out there just to put hands up and ask, you know, but yeah, that's oh, definitely, definitely something. Yeah, imagine that transition is difficult. Sheila, 
Sheila sent me a very poignant Snapchat there. Like you kind of forget, like the Sheila like was such a huge, like she got on the team of the century or something there for mm-hmm. the very large player. Like yeah. amazing, amazing player, amazing commitment. Still, you know, like she she went to Australia for a year, but she's back now. And she's given a hundred percent commitment to the Limerick Camogie side, and she's been an invaluable resource to Laura Neal. But she sent me a Snapchat there the the just before the first round of championship. And it was a picture of the girls training sent to me and I suppose maybe one or two others who weren't playing anymore. And she all she said was they don't know how lucky they are and that just really yeah. hit home with me, you know, and, and how much Sheila felt, how much she was feeling as well. So like it's I suppose it's yeah, it's tough, you know. Yeah, no, you don't like it's one thing we always try to say to young players, it's kinda especially the twenty two, twenty three year olds, you know, look the temptations are there, you're kind of uh you're a man about town or you have a bit of a you have a bit of a profile, you're the county guy and you're this and you're that, you know have a look at yourself you know like show you the 33 or 34 year old self and yeah. go you know maybe I should have put that on hold for four or five years and I think you'd know to be going on holidays and going wherever I want to go and stuff like that it's it's such yeah. a small window and I think some guys don't realise how lucky they are to have the opportunity Um, I think the girls are actually more appreciative of it I find they kind of like especially in UL at the Ashburn just the drive that's there I suppose because we're pulling players from counties that maybe traditionally don't win anything the yeah. the realization that there's a small window there to kind of collect the medals and and put it in is there, but yeah, it's definitely something you have to enjoy your career. So it's kind of yeah, there's two things you mentioned there now that are very valuable. It's kind of making sure you maximize your career while you have it, but being ready for it to finish as well. Yeah, and it's kind of two very important things, yeah. You know? 